listeners, welcome into Craithness Craft Collective. I'm Louise and this is episode 293. And today I've got a blather with Significant, I've got What's Crack and I've got Me Me Me. So get your spooky drink, cup of tea, or your spooky pumpkin spice latte if you like them. And your knitting, or your crocheting, or your craft. And I'll tell you what crack's been in Craithness this past wily. Right, where's my fakes? Because I worked out how to do this. Right, eh, cool, creepy. It goes on a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> I was working out how to do the effects properly today. And because it's coming up to Halloween, I thought I would do them. Of course, this is going to make hee-ho difference if you're listening to this later on, but you never know. So, blether, significant. Very recently, Stephen West put out his most recent MCAL, and it's the sort of big one of the year, and this was called Geogradient. I was all quite excited about it. I speak to somebody who's trying to persuade me to do it, because she was doing it, and she says, oh, it's really good fun, because you all get together, you're all choosing your yarn, you know, like normal knit-alongs. And then you sort of go through it, he has sections in it which you might not have done before, that type of knitting. And it's fun to see all the different colour coordinations that everybody does. Now, I know that there is a significant amount of people that don't really like Stephen West. I personally don't know why, because I quite like him. I get his, his yarn's quite expensive, but at the same time, I like what he kind of... I like his, I like his jib, jib. The cut of his jib. Yeah, I think that's the right phrase. I like the cut of his jib. I like that he thinks he's that of all the different ways. I love how he has really colourful ideas and trying to get everybody together is a quite hard thing. Um, but he still does it. And yeah, he's trying to sell yarn, but also he has a business, so that's kind of why he does it. This year, Clue One came with quite a lot of controversy. Came out on the Thursday and by the Friday people were a bit incensed because a lot of people saw a swastika in the pattern. And um, I saw somebody's clue on and thought, I can see that. I could also see that it looked a bit Celtic note-ish and I could also see that it was geometric or just kind of interesting. But the fact that it looked like a swastika, he was beside himself with um, remorse. And he instantly changed it and by Saturday there was a different design for the middle of this shawl. Um, and he hoped that other people would take it out and he apologised for offence because, yeah, he really, really didn't want to go down that route. So he changed it and he was really, really upset and there was this huge backlash against him. And I can kind of see why. And at the same time, at the same time, I don't know what at the same time, but I can see why there was a backlash against it. So, um, people were making the decision of whether to rip out. And, of course, by this point in time, you've already broken your yarn because it doesn't... You're doing portions of yarn. And some people were like, no, I'm just going to carry on. And other people were like, well, I don't see a swastika in this at all. Um, I'm going to carry on. I don't want to rip it up. And then other people were like, no, can't do it dropped it all together and then other people were like no i'm gonna go with the the new clue two uh, sorry the new clue one and see 
And also part of this is because you don't know where it's going. It might have radiated out to an actual huge big swastika or it might have completely changed its direction and it, you can't see it anyway. But as it was, huge controversy and um, then sadly, and this is the most upsetting thing I think for everybody on Saturday, Hamas went into Israel and it all went off and a lot of people have died and it's absolutely horrible just now going on there and this item became even more significant and Stephen got even more upset and he was like really really don't want anybody to have item one and what this represents so hey, please change it and it kind of it, well it raised a lot of items and thoughts and it kind of made me think about previously when we've been having controversy in the knitting world about um, people's beliefs and um, how if your moral compass does not tie in with their moral compass where do you sit when you have made something by this designer or using this person's yarn do you knit it regardless do you wear it regardless or do you rip it out give away the yarn burn all the patterns and never think about them again I think it's actually quite a good way of doing it because history is going to judge put somebody on standing, holding up, for instance, this swastika. And whether you like it or not, um, because, and I did look this up, that the swastika originally came from Persia and it was a symbol of sun, infinity or creation. And it's used a lot in Hindu and Buddhism and in a lot in India. And it isn't originally used for evil and it was adopted obviously by the Nazis and it then became very tied in with what they um, evilly got up to. Millions of people died and now most of the world think that the swastika is not to be used and rightfully so. So um if you were seen standing holding up this beautiful piece of work and a picture and then somebody says, oh, why are you holding up a swastika? That's, do you believe in that? Um, you are then judged on what you are wearing or what you're holding up. And I think a little bit of looking into things and thinking, I don't really want to be wearing that. I don't want to be associated with that at all. Um, I think is certainly worthwhile. So a handmade item, through our knowledge and skills, I th hope that we can only show empathy. So we would be holding up this beautiful hand-knitted shawl that has got this log cabin effect in the middle and outward. And all you can see then is something that somebody has made, been learning. If they're just making it for themselves, for instance, they're learning all these different new skills. They're being part of this... Um, fun together even though you're not together um, experience and creating something nice and it, I do feel that it mars it when the person who you have been making something comes out with something that you totally disagree with or you think is abhorrent and I think that Stephen was very very quick and changing a the pattern and b people's mindset of he just didn't see it and I think if you squint 
or maybe you just see it instantly. I think it also would depend on what colours you made. And it is sad that he never saw that, first of all, and he put out this pattern. And, yeah, we he will always become accountable for that. But also, he has now been shown to um, show remorse and empathy for those who disagree with the swastika and everything it stands for. And then certainly in the light of Hamas and um, Israel and Palestine and going on this week, I think it's extremely bad timing but also it's quite important that um everybody can understand what has what it means and why there is significance in um people's beliefs coming into their crafting it would be really nice if crafting just was about sitting down making something and you're just enjoying yourself but that's not really the case because because life is just political whether you like it or not and I think that you should accept that and sort of know what you are doing all the time and if you are found to be making a mistake as I'm sure that I have at some point and I'm, I don't know if I'm fumbling my words today I'm trying not to I would hope that if I was I hold up the mirror to myself or somebody held up the mirror and says I'm sorry you said something quite abhorrent I would then go oh my goodness I am so sorry and apologise and make it right but then again, I show empathy towards other people. Um, not everybody does. I like the fact that you can just disappear into your hobbies and your craft. And we have all this different uh, people that come together. And to me, that is the best part about craft is learning about different places, different people's experiences, different people's skills. Um, doing the podcast, I've got so many friends from worldwide and they all have different places they've come up from. They've got different religions. They've got different beliefs. Some have no beliefs. And the one thing that we do have in common is that we like to create something. Sometimes I disagree with some of the things they come out with. And I generally keep my mouth shut. <laughs> but I sort of think, well, how does that affect me? Right? I will stand up if um, you're not in the room. Because I heard somewhere a long time ago that you can only be somebody's friend. If somebody is dissing them in front of you, they're not in the room. Or do you stand up for them then? And it can be quite hard for me if you don't like conflict. But at the same time, I will not stand by and let somebody say or do something if I disagree with it. And also just now, because the news is so terrible over in the Middle East and continuing so in Ukraine and other places around the world... Uh, with earthquakes, flooding, fire or just general not niceness it's a lovely place to disappear into for crafting and feel that you're actually creating something and being a valuable person so items they do have meaning sometimes you're in a bad place when you're actually knitting something like you've had something quite sad happen in your life um, maybe somebody's died or has gone through cancer or something and then that's all you will associate with what you were making just now or your li what really nice is making baby things because babies are the start of something. They're a precious wee thing, or puppies, and kittens and new life, and it's the promise of something to come, and it's sort of a lovely promise. It's positive because life can be really difficult and stuff. So if you feel that you're just you don't want a knit on that beautiful cardigan because you know you want to wear that cardigan forever. You could just 
take a side step and go, I just make a couple of baby booties because they'll get handed on or a little baby cardigan or a wee toy for somebody and something to give away and it will can then make that your hands are busy, your brain is busy and then that is going to some purpose of somebody is getting something nice and then that'll make you feel a bit better. Don't think that we can hide from a lot of stuff because of the way. It doesn't go away, does it? But crafting can be a very useful tool to deal with stress. So we have to question who designed our stuff, what yarn we are using and who it's going to. And because items, they do have meaning. So I wish you all the very best in this this week. And hopefully if you're doing this, Stephen M. Cal, you have taken on board uh, what he has said and you are in a, a good moral encompassing place with it and you're learning stuff and enjoying whatever what the whole thing is actually about I've got some effects on my phone here and it's got horror Creepy Laugh and Crow, and I thought, well, they're kind of Halloween-y. And I didn't think it would be a very good idea to put Creepy Laugh after that blather. <laughs> it's coming, listeners, it's coming. But not yet. What's he crack now? Um, right, where have I been? I know, last time it was August and now it's October. Well, last I spoke to you, I was telling you about my summer holidays and I had two weeks to go before school started again. And then I got COVID. I basically got COVID the day after I spoke to you last. So it curtailed the last two weeks of the holiday. It wasn't as bad as the first time I had it, but it's still nonetheless. And it put me off knitting and everything, basically. So <laughs> I was just getting back into it and I was like, I'm going to finish this dress before Christmas. I go back to school. And I never. However, um, we... Well, I had that and then actually about three weeks later, I got a bad cold. And I'm like, I'll be immune. And or four weeks later, I can't remember now, but I got another bad cold. And I'm like, surely, surely I don't have COVID again. I tasted and I didn't. But I, it wasn't very nice. So I was a bit on the poorly side. So I have now started back running again and um <laughs> getting a lot fitter and everything. So hopefully there'll not be as many colds. I don't think you can kind of avoid the COVID too much, but um, I would I would like to. <laughs> don't really like feeling that rubbish. Um, and at this October holidays, we Richard and I, not the children, Richard and I went to Barcelona for a long weekend. The children were going to Iceland on a school trip, and we went. Oh, we could go somewhere together. Uh, oh, that'll be weird. No children, so we did. And the children had a wonderful time. Uh, sadly, there was a couple of things that was cancelled due to the weather, but they went and saw geysers, geysers even, um, volcanic stuff and Iceland stuff and the bridge over the Atlantic because it was more of a geography trip than anything. And they had a good time being away. Whereas Richard and I, we had a good time being away too, as to be said. Um, there was a couple of things that didn't go to plan, but... We'd, we didn't really actually have a plan, so they just kind of, it didn't go as good as it maybe could have done. In the fact that we had bought the top, hop on, hop off 
um, one of the buses and we did two stops well no we got off at one stop went saw the museum and then we went to the next stop to go up the telephonique uh, cable car and halfway up it he says did you take my bus ticket and I says no I don't have it I'm pretty sure I don't so I emptied both bags couldn't find it and I remember the man he saying to us when we got the tickets um, don't lose this because you'll not get another one and he was like, oh, surely they will. Because I've got the receipt on my phone that I bought it. You've got yours. We've got the brochure that they give you. No. She did take us two streets on. And then we ended up coming back up the street through Las Ramblas, which had the food market at the top, along with everybody else. It was absolutely heaving busy. Um, but it was really nice, actually. And so you never know. Sometimes you're just not meant to do something. And we ate loads of lovely Spanish food and drank lovely cheap, <laughs> couldn't believe how cheap it was, Spanish wine. And, and it was good. It wasn't like, that'll be crap because it's so cheap. It was actually good. It's just because they don't pay so much tax as we do. <sighs> and um, what we did in the morning was we went for a run really early and it was nice and cool or cooler. And then we watched the sun come up and sort of it wasn't as busy. So we took the metro over to the Sagrada Familia, which is designed, the big huge church that you see, um, designed by Gaudi. Didn't go in, but got some lovely photographs outside and sort of absorbed how kind of different his art was. Ran back through the streets of Barcelona and uh, stopped at another food market and went in and just, just oh, I wish we had this here, it's so lovely. And then <laughs> bought some um, cured ham for €16.50. Euros 50. I can't get over that. I was like, I wrote on my Facebook, I have reached peak ham at the age of 48. No other ham will compare. And so far it has not. Um, I should say this is expensive because it was aged five years. <laughs> but still, <laughs> I don't believe I can get repaid for it. But it was a good story. And... Um, it was very very tasty and I think we had about four meals out of it and then uh, we were kind of running back through I hate how there's so many Spanish people that smoke because when I'm running I don't want to smell smoke but there you go <laughs> and um, beautiful city the Spanish are pretty friendly bunch and um, this food was amazing as I said well, and then we decided, we went around the Gothic Quarter and says, well, we go up and see La Parque Guarda, which is uh, where the Gaudi outside park stuff is. It's the one that I've seen people sitting in and we go, that's Barcelona to me. So we hops on a metro from the Gothic Quarter and follows the map. Says, oh, it's up uh, Gloria Street. So talking about uh, who sang Gloria were glorious and he says I guess from U2 and it was it was a U2 song it wasn't the one I was thinking of and then it sort of stopped and went oh look at that and I looked up this really steep street and it was all construction because I don't know what they were doing replacing water pipes or something and uh, <laughs> then Richard goes that's our street and went huh? so we walked up this absolutely sweating buckets by the time we got to the top you wouldn't want to do that if you were in farm and then a uh, it was shot because it was full. <laughs> we just wasted In other words. And then um, we got there and there was other tourists as well. And he says, come on, we'll go and sit here and just look at the view. 
and then we sort of went to move and these uh, American loons came over and he says, well, there'll be snakes here to themselves, not to me now. Snakes? Snakes? I never thought about snakes. Ah, there wasn't any, but I never even thought about it. And you see, that that is because I'm not used to snakes, but of course there are snakes and I don't see why there wouldn't be. It's just because I'm not used to them. And to me, this is the way that the world is. If you go somewhere else, and there's snakes, of course there's snakes. But when I'm here, there's no snakes. And a lot of things are like that. Just because it doesn't happen with me, doesn't mean it doesn't happen elsewhere. And the same the other way around. So, anyway, I digress. So I really, really enjoyed Barcelona. I came home, weather was absolutely horrible when we went, and absolutely horrible when we came home. And remained absolutely horrible until today. And, yeah, October in Scotland. Woohoo! Um, and oh, at work I've got a new head teacher and she's absolutely wonderful. Really like her, getting on really well in the school. Um, and I was wearing my tartan skirt that I had made using Angela Lauder's Scotch Tweed, um, Guardian of Scotland tartan. It's beautiful lilac-y colour. And goes in and asked my head teacher, and she went, "Oh, what did you do with your Scottish skirt on? Because it it's not a kilt, it's a skirt." And she says, "Oh." Morag. And I went, oh, don't call me Morag. And she went, why not? And I was like, I don't want to be Morag. So I goes through enough. I said, I want to look up another Scottish name. So I came up with Gormleith, which is um, Irish, sort of Scottish, for princess. <laughs> so call me Gormleith. <laughs> I don't know. And then the other day, we had a Macmillan coffee morning. And I was cutting the scones open that the Bairns had made to put the jam on. And um, I cut it open and this thing just disintegrated my hand. And I was like, oh, look at me. I'm a destroyer of scones. So that's my space name. Gormleth, the destroyer of scones. Dun. <laughs> Told you I had a creepy laugh. <laughs> it wasn't actually that funny really, was it? Anywho, so on to me, 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 me. And we'll talk about some lovely crafting. So when I was away in the summer, I forgot to tell you that I'd taken a bit of cross-stitch with me. And this cross-stitch was a peacock, and it was done in English heritage style. I think I'd bought it somewhere from a... I can't remember, a castle or something, or maybe it was a hand-me-down. I can't remember where it came from. But it had a piece of blue ada, and then it used greens and blues and golds for the peacock. Can't find where I put the card to go in it. Because I took it out whilst I was travelling because, uh, you know, safe place. Didn't want to take it and get squished. And then I finished it not long after I came home from holiday. <laughs> I don't know where that is. <laughs> anyway, I enjoyed working on it. It's very transportable um, piece of crafting. and You can do it on the plane. You're not really bumping anybody's elbows. And then you can just sit and do it. But you did need good light. That was the only thing. Because we were flying later on. Um, some of the planes and I remember it being too dark to work on but very much enjoyed it and I look forward to finding that lovely gold card that it goes with and then putting it up because it's for me I did make a dress um, I think I started this before I had Covid and I made it by myself I didn't get my mum to help and then I finished it after I had Covid um, that was a, it was still quite warm and it's quite a thin material 
And this is fabric that I had bought from the wee fabric shop in Inverness in the summer holidays. And this is the Butterick Dress 6657. And it's full dress from mid-calf up to the top. And it had sleeves. And the sleeves were actually the same sleeves that I had used for the dress I had made to go to the wedding or in June time. And I had added sleeves from another pattern to a dress that didn't have sleeves because I wanted sleeves. And um, I was like, oh, I know how to make sleeves. This is good. <laughs> and there was a reason I had to unpack the sleeves when I did it this time around because I hadn't done it right. <laughs> See, Smug Louise knows nothing. So I, this dress pattern, um, I had a pattern facing... Daisy said that they look like blue broccoli. And she said, oh, there's your blue broccoli dress. I said, oh, thanks, Daisy. Because teenage girls tell it like this. And I had uh, to make sure that I had put the pattern pieces the right way on the fabric. And when I put them on the very first time, I didn't. So I was glad that I had noticed that because it would have bugged me for the rest of eternity. And it is pieces where you've got a bodice for the bust. And then there's a waist band type that comes together. And then there's the skirt and it has a zip. And it's supposed to be an invisible zip, but I can't get my invisible zip to work, foot to work properly on the machine or with the zips that I have. So I ended up just doing a normal zip and mum says it looked okay. There was one bit that I thought, mm, but I didn't know how to fix it. And she said, to me or you would end up taking it up off the shoulder right. ah. so I think just that little bit of knowledge really helps because it is all in the fit listeners every time you make a garment for yourself it's in the fit and I'm still trying to work it out <laughs> I really hope that you have the knowledge in how to do the fit but, um, and also, I was, I was knitting, I was knitting a baby cardigan, and this was Apple Blossom Baby Cardigan by Sarah Franklin. And this is from my calendar 2012 knitting collection. Um, I was just using cream stash yarn, and it's just a little cute raglan baby cardigan with eyelets down the body part, and it's got short sleeves. Um, and it had a pico binding edge, but I didn't really like the way it sat. And I thought, Ooh. however, it will make its way to a baby. And this baby is due next year because I was too slow to do it for the baby that's born in July. <laughs> it can get something else. Um, so I quite enjoyed making it because all of a sudden I was finished and I thought oh now the baby cardigan the apple blossom one is designed to have you make an eye cord tie for the neck I don't really like that for a baby I don't know why I just think it's going to strangle it even though it probably wouldn't so I ended up finding a quite a cute little heart button and managed to get one of the pico holy bits to kind of go over it and under it and it's 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 okay I was looking for a snap, um, like a little metal snap, but I can't find any in my stash. I had some uh, plastic ones that I had used for when I was used to make stuff with the tartan, 
but none of the colours were quite right and I didn't think it would look right anyway so I didn't do that I was quite pleased with the button it worked out well so then I'm like what am I going to make now I've got nothing on the needles although I do have a sock on the needles but um, I had made one sock this time last year and then never went back to it and then I thought sock or oh I know what I'm going to go I'm going to go and make this Coiled Magenta by uh, Carl Fela. So I pulled out the bag and then I looked at what I needed and it said 3.5mm circular needles. And then I thought, oh, they're sitting on my Severine cardigan by Vanessa Smith. And there was a pause. There was a pause. See? Now you feel how I felt. And I was like, oh, that's like serious knitting. Am I ready for serious knitting? Do I want to do serious knitting? And I thought, right, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take it downstairs and I'm going to take it out. I'm going to figure out where I am. And I'm going to work on it a bit. Or if I don't want to work on it for more than a week, I'm going to rip the whole thing out. Because it's 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 a thing when you've got something that you're not sure if you're going to ever finish or not. And it's, it's a beautiful cardigan. I loved uh, Lisa's finished object, which is why I've cast it on. But she's better knitter than me. She's more patient and she's more meticulous than I have been. Because it's got this beautiful um, cable and an hourglass shape. And you do three things at the same row, all at once, all at the same time. And yeah, it's not TV knitting, just sitting, knitting, 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 knitting. I don't really feel like you're achieving much very quickly. But the finished article is fabulous. So you have to be not a process knitter, but a project knitter. <laughs> the final project. And I think that maybe I'm a process knitter, listeners. <laughs> Certainly just now in my life, anyway. So I pulled it out and then actually what I found where I was and I was sitting with watching Netflix and I was, I was actually really enjoying it. And then I found that I kind of used to do it at the weekend or my afternoons off not so much at night time so i thought um, I'll maybe see if i can find something else to knit on at that point and then i had to go and sit with sandy whilst he went to jujitsu and i thought mm, what am i gonna do for two hours i know so i took that sock and i actually cast it on and that's all i've done <laughs> and sometimes i'll go to littles and um i bought some yarn listeners this is Nicole yarn and it's got acrylic, but I shouldn't really buy acrylic, but I did. And the reason I bought it was because it had this quite nice slouchy cardigan pattern on the front of it and it says, oh, this comes with it. And in my head, it said that it was four-ply yarn because it does. It actually says four-ply on the ball band. I'm looking at it thinking, that's a bit thick for four-ply. So it sends a message to my nine pals, Karen and Karen. Nicest Karens you could ever meet. They do no uh, atypical Karen bad customer service people things ever. And it goes, there's yarn in littles. Because they've been yarn in Aldi's the week before. And uh, so I sent a picture of what I had bought. <laughs> Sandy had gone, could you buy me some seat covers for my new car? 
because Sandy has got a new car. Listeners, he passed his driving test and it was cheaper to buy him a car or give him a bit of money towards his new car because he'd been saving up for a long time than to put him on our insurance. It's ridiculous. Don't get me started on that. So, yeah, I'm now in that stage of mumness or bleh, every time he goes in the car. I'd like to see he was a good little driver, but he's still driving and I'm not in the car and I'm just he'll never be a good driver if I'm not in the car. Because even when he's in the car, I'm like, I'm not a good driver when he's in the car. <laughs> anyway, um, back to the yarn. So I bought two hanks of it and then sort of read the ball band properly and they looked it up on Ravelry and said there's actually iron weight and the current says I thought that little current says oh so then big Karen fell into Littles and it fell into her cart as it said it was like me and the scones it fell in my mouth um, and she says do you want any more and I went oh well there is a jumper that I quite like if this is four ply that I will get and then we were like it's not four ply so I now have four hanks of this iron weight Nicole yarn from Littles and only really three because I've changed the pattern that I'm going to go for I'll come on to what pattern it is that I like in a second so um, it's a slouchy cardigan and it's in a rib but at the same time I think I might make the granny hexagon cardigan that lots of people are making on TikTok Although, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm... I know this is going to sound terrible. I don't know if I'm too old. Because <laughs> all the young things are making it. And they look quite cool. But I don't know whether I would just look like an old person wearing a young person's style. So, I don't know. I don't think it would take too long. Because basically you um, make a granny... Not a square, but a granny hexagon. And you just keep making it bigger and bigger and bigger until it gets to a certain size... And then you sew it together down the underneath the arms. You add a bit longer in the arms if you want. And then you can add collar, cuffs to the um, sleeves and then a collar to it. You sew it. You make two of these great big hexagons and just sew it together. And apparently it doesn't take very long because you're making it in an iron weight yarn. But at the same time, I don't know. Maybe you could make it and then just rip it out for a little awful. And not tell you. Because you'd never know, would you? <laughs> I'd tell you if I did look cool. I would have to make it and then ask my teenager, do I look okay in this? And she would probably go, no. Which is fine. So, um, I'm very slowly knitting on this Savreen cardigan. And when I was in Amsterdam, I thought, I'll take some more cross-stitch because I was doing hand luggage again. And... Uh, then I thought, mm, can't find any. So then I thought, I know. I want to do some pumpkin bumpkin. <laughs> pumpkin bumpkin. Pumpkin bunting. Which is almost like bumpkin. Uh, and this is by Messy Mama Makes. And I want to do this for work. So that when I get back, I've got some kind of halloween -y kind of thing in my room. Because kids like that. Oh, actually, this big kid does like it. But, and I didn't want to make round pumpkins, I just wanted to make flat pumpkins. So I found this pattern, thankfully Macy Mamma makes, it was very kind, and she put it out for free. And I found some orange yarn from my little bag that um, I've got all my crocheted anamagurumi sets in. 
from when I used to make uh, the Star Wars and the Avengers and it's all got little tiny balls in it of different colours and from toy knitting and then there was crochet hooks in it so it was quite good to just lift it out pull out the orange and the green shove it in a wee well, big pencil case that I've got and off it went listeners it went there and it came back again it went on its holiday to Barcelona I never quite cast it on until I got home and then I've made eight uh, pumpkins Daisy said they look like apples but Big Karen, lovely Big Karen said that it, no I see pumpkins and little Karen says I see pumpkins so they're nicer than Daisy right now <laughs> but she had a point I think it doesn't have its scary eyes on it yet because I hadn't gone upstairs to get the black thread to sew on its scary eyes and face and then it needs to get uh, crocheted stalks on the top of its pumpkinness, and then in a you get like a long foundation line for hanging up for the thing um, to make it into bunting. And I thought, well, then I could do some poppies for when it's November, and then I could do some Christmas stuff. And I thought that might be quite nice. So I think that's what I'm going to do. And then I thought, what else can I talk about? Oh, right. Well, I had looked at a few patterns on Ravelry um, because of something, some bits other people had said. And I think that one of them is from a lovely pen pal who, Monica, I have written you a letter. I just haven't posted it yet and I don't know why. So I will get that on its way to you this week. And she had told me what she'd been in, and I think that this one's from her, but it might not have been. And it's a, it's called the Tentula Hat by Jenny Notto, and it's a beanie hat, and it's got a pom pom like one of these, um, a stick, not a stick, a synthetic pom poms that's made, and they're fluffy and they're they're lovely. Um, I'm not a pom pom person, you see. Unless I bought a hat that has a pump on it already. Um, and I saw somewhere, and I don't know if I knew this or not, but pom-poms were put on hats to stop sailors bumping their heads constantly when they were walking on the bottom decks of ships. Because the bottom decks of ships were always that little bit shorter than they were. They would be wearing a hat because they would be cold. And someone somewhere put pom-pom on the top of it to stop them banging their head constantly, which I would be doing even though I'm short, and that's how pom-poms were created. Don't know how true that is, but I thought it was quite interesting. So this Tentula hat, um, it's got quite a, a ribby kind of shape around it, and it's just quite nice. I, it's also got this quite cool slip stitch in a triangular pattern, which I thought was quite a nice accent on it. And then also Monica was definitely knitting a dress from Christina McGowan, so her aesthetic was quite good because a lot of the times you go to some aesthetics on Ravelry and they're very well created and thought out, but they can be very bland and very samey because they seem to use very neutral colours. And I'm a colour person and I think you'll notice that in my Instagram. Nothing's created, created, curated. It's all, I'll try and move the, the, the dirty washing out the way you might see that there's something the floor mate need hoovered or the dog is in the way but it's definitely not pine cones flatly and it's taken its humanity out of it but then I'm not a designer trying to sell you patterns and trying to make you think oh 
I'd, that would look good in my house. But Christina McGowan is somebody after my own heart. Um, she's got very colourful, lots of different items and garments that she's got on hers. And then I was on TikTok and somebody was talking about how she, I think she had ADHD. And she was wanting to teach herself to knit because she had seen this pattern on Ravelry. And sorry if you can't use Ravelry. Um, I'll see if I can find it on other means, but it, it just, I was on it for a little bit. I still can't use it very well myself, so I completely understand if you don't at all. So she said, <laughs> I'm not laughing at her. It was just her enthusiasm that made me smile. She says, so I went to knit. I've never knitted before. And I thought, well, if I knit a scarf, I'll get bored because I've got ADHD. So I decided to make myself a hat. So she started making herself a hat. And then she says, so I know how, or she started making this how to do stuff. I think it was a course or something. She was doing a, a shawl or something. And it was not just making a scarf straight away, which you do get bored at. Um, and then she says, because I want to make this jumper. And I love the fact that she was going all out because she wanted to make something. That's very project knitting of it, isn't it? Um, and it's called the Melville Jumper. And it's by Sarah Baith Hall. And this absolutely um, intrigued me. Because it's Moby Dick. And it's a, a jumper. I don't even know if it's up or top up or top down. But it's got Moby Dick in stranded colour work. In blue and white. And it's got looks like the sea um the waves of the sea and then on the sleeves it has some morse code in bubble work which i thought was quite cool so i'm like oh i really like that so i've saved it to my um my light patterns type of thing and then of course i'm in Liddles and i buy this yarn for the jump the picture that was on the ball band and then i'm like I just need a white one now and I've got enough to make that Moby Dick jumper. Oh, or even Richard might like that. You need, I'd like it. And then I read the pattern and it said four ply and I went, oh, I thought it was unusual making it in iron weight. And then thought, don't be so stupid. You cannot make an iron weight jumper with three, well, even four skeins of yarn, Louise. And by that point in time, I was going on holiday. I wasn't getting into Littles to buy more of this jump, this uh, yarn so and then I remembered I actually do have four ply in them colours in the house anyway but then I remembered maybe this is what I should call it and then I remembered as it says episode's name now it was going to be called significant but significant and then I remembered oh what was it what did I remember oh I know don't make a four ply jumper anytime soon Louise because of finishing the breathing space by Vera Balamaki, you had said, don't make a four-pie jumper anytime soon. So, listeners, I'm still at that. And actually, the savouring cardigan is in the uh, sport weights. <laughs> I don't know. Do the same as I do, listeners. Oh, dear. And um, then we got to talking about turtles for somehow or other. And I can't remember where the, the turtle conversation started, but... We were all talking about turtles and um, I found a lovely jumper by Amy Lupton and this is sea turtles and it's stranded knitting as well and it's an iron and then I went that would be awesome in that yarn that I got 
but then I read the pattern and it's in pieces. So I don't know if I would like to do a stranded knitting in pieces. I'd be interested to hear if any of you have done it and how you got on. Just feels rather weird not to do it in the round. I, 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 I don't know if I could. I, I don't know. Anyway, listeners, uh, there you go. So I have been knitting. I hadn't been in an awful lot, which, to be honest, is one of the reasons why I have I've got nothing to talk about. Because I'd been poorly and then gone back to work and I just had done no craft to speak of. So then I was having my rummage in my crafting boxes and been upstairs and just moving stuff around. So my next sewing project is going to be a classic jersey dress with some of the jersey that I bought from uh, the wee fabric shop in Inverness in the summer holidays. And I was going to do that first, but when I looked at the jersey properly, because I hadn't turned it over, <laughs> I just bought it. I guess because it was folded on itself and I sort of felt it and went, oh, that's lovely. It's fleecy on the inside, so it's not a jersey that you, it was very a summery jersey. So this is going to have long sleeves and it's going to be a dress that I can wear nice thick tights with. And it's got a lovely shape and drape to it. And when I was away, I wore my summer version of it that's got short sleeves. And I just love the drape on that dress. Um, just falls, just really nice. And it could do with some pockets. So might think about putting pockets in it. Might not, but I'm, I might. Because pockets is, is the answer. Right, listeners, thank you so much for taking your time to listen to me splash on. Oh, Hello Kate Noble, thank you for your email. I really enjoyed listening, uh, reading that. I must get back to you today. Um, whatever you're doing this fine Sunday in October, I hope that you are okay. Um, I send my love to everybody in the Middle East. I sincerely hope that the people of power actually come to a good solution here because it doesn't look like they are just now. And all we're seeing is death, 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 death. And on both sides, it is not good. Um, and I always look to Nor Northern Ireland for very complicated situations like this and see how they have managed to get to there and hope that the people in power can too. I'm not taking sides. Um, I see how horrific it started and has carried on. But I also know that there are people in my listener um, that are from both sides as well and and my love is to you all so listeners i wish you all the best and please keep on crafting and haste you back and i'm going to piece some creepy stuff because it's halloween coming up i hope that you get dressed up and stuff i'm going to go as a mummy because i've got an old sheet and i'm pretty sure that i can manage to rip it into bitties and become a mummy because i am a mummy <laughs> but maybe not that kind of mummy Keep on crafting! That's loud! Sorry. Sorry, that was quite loud. Spell. That's not very creepy, is it? <laughs>
One more horror and then we'll go.